Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. We're back, Kenya. We are back, William. How are you? I'm doing great. Episode 11, great. Great. Episode 11, <laughs> great. Double digit. And 11 is a powerful number. Yes, it is. It's a 1-1. One, one. So that's, that's a good energy number. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all about good energy here. So, you know. All about great. it. All about it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we have uh, basically a follow-up from last time. Uh, we had mentioned our marketing ideas and, and uh, concepts. Um, and then we said we would table the radio promotion. Mm-hmm. And I think we should probably talk a little bit about the wacky world of radio promotion. <laughs> <laughs> the wacky world of just radio. It is a little wacky. Um, it's a necessary wacky. Exactly. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would so where say, do we start, William? Yeah. Well, what? Uh, how do we tackle this? I'm I'm thinking um, two two things to talk about. One is the traditional way of approaching mm-hmm. radio promotion, and the other one is the guerrilla way of approaching radio <laughs> promotion. <laughs> I so. don't know such ways. I don't know <laughs> guerrilla ways. What is that? Uh, yeah, the underground. So, but now let's, let's, let's stay on the, the, the above ground first. The uh, traditional way to do radio promotion is to do what? Wow. Is to do what? Well, I am going to talk, I guess I'll talk about radio from the perspective of what my experience has been with that traditional way. And obviously please add or correct or (laughs) amend Mm -hmm. if I say something that you, you know, think a little bit differently. But the the biggest thing, you know, when we think of traditional radio, that's our FM, you know, probably, you know, even some AM, but definitely our FM um, or what we call terrestrial radio, where you can just, you know, tune in, turn on your radio station and you got it. Obviously here in the States, we also are really big now with satellite radio um, I think Sirius XM has really impacted the game, um, yep. your music choice. Um, they're your TV satellite um, where you can still hear radio on your TV through your cable network. So, you know, they're they're still kind of in the, the traditional space in terms of uh, radio promotion and, and placement. But they are a little bit off of the radar in terms of um, they are for, I guess, considered more for profit per se, kind of, because they don't have the same advertising and all that. And you have to buy, you know, you have to pay some kind of subscription for those. But at any rate. For what I'm going to talk about, I, you know, definitely terrestrial and then also those satellite digital, um, the, the, the music choices and the Comcast and all that stuff. Right. Um, and so I think that, you know, back in the day when we had DJs who actually developed their programming, where a DJ could actually pick a song and say, I'm feeling this song, I'm going to exactly. play it. Or they yeah. would. 
it, or it they was, would create. Yeah, they no, they had a they had um, uh, a say in the development of the playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. the, the programmer was basically, you know, sort of overseeing the process and the DJs are still were over their shows. And that's still the, right. the way it is in some of the um, uh, nonprofit, uh, right. you know, uh, exactly. radio stations. They still have it set up right. that way. But uh, Absolutely. yeah, your, your college stations, um, which are why they are magical. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, so that used to be how, you know, mainstream regular radio was. And so, in fact, a DJ could hear a song that they really liked and get it in rotation. Um, but that all shifted. <laughs> and I don't know if you know when the timeline that shifted, but it uh, did. I, it's, um, it shifted way early. <laughs> it, it was what, The thing yeah. is, the thing is, whenever there's money to be made in any industry, uh, there are... Um, uh, groups of people who decide that it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> important for them to take it over. So, yeah. um, you yeah. know, when money starts to be, be really starts to get large and, you know, there are people that come in and try to basically monopolize and, and take it over. Yes. So that's what happened yeah. with terrestrial radio. Uh, I teach that whole thing in my class, the payola scandal and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and all of that stuff. And then, yeah, it's, it's, to take the class if you want to learn about it <laughs> or, or just look yeah, up the payola we won't have t- Yeah, you know. we won't have time to get all. But the, the bottom line is what William just said in terms of monopoly and, you know, how one person or one group can kind of take now control over multiple um, entities. And in this case, multiple stations. And so... Once our radio ones and clear channels and and these mm-hmm. these corporations kind of came and um, bought up a lot of these different independent radio stations that exist all across the country. Um, now those DJs now lose um, their power in just picking because again now you have a CEO or you have a a group an administrative group that is now programming all of the playlist for all of the stations that they now own. So if mm-hmm. I own the whole, you know, Midwest ter- territory, the, mil- the from the Wisconsin to the Minnesota to the Illinois to the Michigan, Indiana, I'm now programming for all the stations within whatever that genre or that, you know, of radio. So <laughs> now you have, instead of multiple DJs, you've got like, one <laughs> mm-hmm. program person or you have program you have music directors or program directors of the radio station but they're still answering to that major you know company and so once that happened that really shifted the game in terms of what you were going to be able to hear because now instead of DJs with with diverse interest <laughs> and diverse taste playing yeah. different selections still adhering though to you know those songs that are you know that are being played frequently and that are popular and that you know are going up on the billboard and all that stuff still you know, you used that that's always kind of been there and there's always been a, a machine to that to a certain degree. But now since less people are in control of those playlists, um, the dive the divi- diversity is just less. And yeah, so there's no there's no variety. It's all right. homogenous. You know, you that's right. that's how you get these these artists who uh mega stars because they're the only thing that you hear on the radio. Uh you right. don't get a chance to hear right. the smaller artists, uh 
with a you know, with a different sound. So it's right. Yeah. And it's incredibly difficult. And it's always been difficult for that smaller artist. And when I say smaller, meaning that artist that just doesn't have, you know, back in the day was they didn't have all the sales maybe necessarily because a lot of those charting were based on sales as well as airplay. Um, and so now what, what, so, so the reason why you will hear Drake every 10 minutes <laughs> or every whatever <laughs> is because he is still part of a major label and what has ha- what what happens is is that for for, for I'm just going to go into present day in order for a song to get played on radio um the program director of that station has to make up the playlist and has to be put on this is the deal you cannot go and just be you know Bobby Sue and call the radio station and say can I speak to the program director because i want them to hear my song right that no longer (laughs) exists so if you think that's how it is or if you have a friend that's an artist and you say oh why don't you just go call that station and give them your song don't do that because that's not how Mm -hmm. radio works now it's not to say not to say that you might not get a spin okay there may be a dj at a local station that's a part of you know a bigger Monop- you know, Radio 1 or Clear Channel or whatever, and they may give you a little bit of time and play if they felt, you know, they may run it through their program director, they may give it a moment, whatever. Mm-hmm. But traditionally what happens is is that these program directors, the way they receive the music that they consider to put on their playlist is through a radio promoter, okay? And so a radio promoter... These days you have freelance promoters who work for themselves. They're independent. They have a certain number of artists and clients that they are what you call working or servicing their songs. You also have obviously your labels that still do exist. They in-house will have their own radio promoter that handles radio for their label. Mm -hmm. Or you have smaller labels who hire um, freelance radio promoters for their label. Okay, so for instance, like for Motown Gospel, um, I know that I, uh, my producer, his company, uh, Kendall Duffy, they have a company, D3E Entertainment, or D3 Entertainment. Their company, one of their services is radio promotion. And so they have a contract with Motown Gospel. And so they handle a lot of the Motown Gospel artists, their radio. So it's not that they are working for Motown they're actually a client of Motown. So that's typically what a label will either have their own or they will contract out a radio promoter to get them to get their artist music on radio. So then the program director then once so the program director is only <laughs> going to <laughs> receive solicitations from those promoters. Okay? And so if you don't have that promoter piece then, that radio promoter, that is the that is the link. That is the person who goes between the artist and the program director of the radio station. And so you have to end up hiring then a radio promoter to work your project, to service your project. And how much does a radio... Oh. And yes. how much does a radio promoter? Do you hear something ringing? That's all right. I just dumped that was your phone. Right. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Um, how much does a radio promoter cost? Yes. Mm. <laughs> well, this is where the money comes in play. 
So I'm going to speak from the perspective of urban adult contemporary radio because it does vary depending on the genre of music. And urban adult contemporary is what they use for basically R&B, R&B and soul. Um, I say that because that's the genre that I, I that and, and jazz and smooth jazz are the two um, types of radio that my music has, that I've worked my music on. So from the urban adult contemporary, just to give you perspective, okay, you basically are paying the radio promoter per per song that you're asking them to get on radio. So if you have one song, let's say there's one song that you're, you're single that you're trying to get played on terrestrial, you know, WGCI here in Chicago or whatever, you hire this radio promoter and they typically will charge, and this varies, but you should expect between $1,000 and $1,500 per station mm-hmm. that they are trying <laughs> To get your song. That's per, per song, station. Per, per station. station. Now, to give you perspective, here in the United States, in the urban adult contemporary world, there are s- approximately 70 urban adult contemporary stations. And that is it. That's not a whole heck of a lot. There's only about 70 of R&B in the country. Okay, mm-hmm. So we got 50 states. So you may have one or two per state or whatever. All right. So let's do the math. If you want your song, <laughs> your one little song to try to hit those 70 stations and you got to pay that promoter 1000 to 1500 we're talking a minimum of $70,000. A minimum. <laughs> That's for a lot one of money. Song. <laughs> That's a ridiculous amount of money. Now, for a label who invests a heck of a lot of money in their artists, Radio is very important for them. That's why we hear Drake every 10 minutes, okay? Radio is huge for them. So that is an investment that they gladly put into it. So you're competing against major corporate, major labels, as an independent artist at least. Mm-hmm. You're competing against major labels who have the budget and build the budget and make that a priority in their budget to get on radio because they need Drake to be played as many times because this is the kicker, guys. Please understand this. The way charting and billboard charting is in the United States, the way this goes is based purely on spins. It's based on plays, number of plays. Okay? The way you go up, the way you climb from 100 to the number one spot is based on your numbers of playing time. Okay? Not based on, ooh, that beat was good. Ooh, that lyric was tight. (laughs) It is based on... How many times did they play that song this week? Which is why then you will hear Drake, Beyonce, because their companies, those labels that that are pushing that know that if we can get them in the top 20 and preferably top 10, we have a hit. Okay, because then financially, when a song is in that place, it's getting more downloads. It's getting more. It's getting more everything. And for the artists, once they can break in that top 10 or top 20, now they are now popular, quote unquote, meaning because they're being played so much. Those songs are getting, I mean, they may be getting, I don't know, over 300, 400 plays, 500, 600, 700 plays a week. So, you know, probably over 700. So 
now I'm popular and now I can go do shows now in all these cities because my music is now being pumped throughout. So this is how this is how it happens. That's how you rise up. Success breeds success. And exactly. once you have a hit or once you have so many spins, then you get radio. I mean, then you get commercial yes. placements. Your song yes. gets on a commercial and then you start making money that way. Your song gets in a movie, you start making money right. that way. And, you know, it just builds on itself. But that's why when we talked about earlier, uh, when you're are you ready to record and all these other concepts <laughs> we were addressing, we were making the point that you have to have a plan. <laughs> going yes. in yes. Uh, with your recording you have to say okay look you have to have a plan I'm, I'm gonna look for radio promotion but while i'm looking for radio promotion i'm just gonna do a performance in that area so if you if you don't have 70 grand you might have the 1000 and, and let's 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 just say let's get real guys no i mean i don't know a very many independent artists who have 70 grand just sitting after they have finished <laughs> a, re- a recording after yeah they exactly have finished their recording um and so there are ways then to kind of play with this okay i did not spend $70,000 on radio but my music did get on radio and i did get to number 28 on the billboards with one of my songs um, which so let's was a talk about the, the gorilla way. This is the gorilla way. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I will say for me to get to number 28 was actually to the, the traditional way. So I, I want to describe okay. this real quick and then we'll do the underground or the, the gorilla. Um, I was educated on the process and I was very much advised um, to create a, a, a radio budget, but to make it a small radio budget so that we could maybe hit at least 10 stations. Um, maybe we could hit eight stations out of the 70. If we could get that, the idea was that if we could um, get to about 10 stations and they really work the project, meaning the promoter is really on the station, really pushing to make sure that it's getting played and that it's getting the spins and that it's getting the airplay so that, and, and, you know, and, and, and the song will also, if the song is good, which is the whole bottom line, it will connect with the audience and people will be requesting the song or you will see that the listenership, you know, is is high, you know, around the times in which this song is played and, you know, all of this. Um, that's so. So what happened? I got my songs um, and, and there's certain territories in the United States that are not that are, are part of that 70, but they're not a part of Radio One. They're not mm-hmm. a part of Clear Channel. They're still independent. And so being independent, meaning that they have a little bit more control over their playlist and they still have a program director. It's still not the DJ having the concern There's st- or, or c- control. But the there is a program director, but that program director is not answering to this big this big guy in the sky, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at Radio One. That program director is in charge of that station. And so they, you know, so they have a little bit more flexibility um, and control. And so what happened was my single Be Here, this song called Be Here, um, I was able to get it placed. And, and what happens is, is once a few radio stations, they'll, the, pro- the program directors will listen if they feel like it's going to be a good connect for their station and that it will do well. They will say, OK, yep, we'll take it. They start playing it. And what happens is if they're playing it and then there's other stations that are saying, wow, you know, because every week they show the reports. They're like, well, what's this song 
this new song, this girl, Kenya, this song, Be Here, I see like three or four stations and they played it like a hundred times or whatever. We need to listen. Right, right. And so now it gets other stations to be like, oh, we want that song. So then they will go and the promoter will either reach out to them or they'll reach out to the promoter. And um, that's what happened to my song. It got some what we called early believers, meaning we got some more independent stations that really thought it was a strong song. We got them on board. Um, they played it. Their audience was connecting to it well. So they play, So I got good spins on it. And then I got a lot of ads from other stations. And then what ended up happening was once it hit, once Sirius XM took it, which is a major one for independent artists to get on Sirius XM. Mm -hmm. Once Heart and Soul at Sirius XM took it because they, um, my music really connected with their listeners. Um, and they, you know, they really keep their music in, in solid rotation because they don't have the advertiser and they have more space to be honest because they're mm -hmm. not competing with advertiser time because if you listen to a radio station a radio station may play three songs you know your, your more popular commercial stations are playing three or four songs in an hour and the rest is all these advertisements from local things because the station can get paid from that. But mm -hmm. when you take that out of the picture and you've got now instead of three songs that hour, now I can fit eight songs in that hour or I can fit, you know, so so that means I can add more interesting music because we have more airtime. Right. And so that was my blessing as once they took that and Music Choice also took it. It increased my spins. And remember, build, Billboard's charts are only based on spins. So once my spins kept going, you know, up, 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 that's how I kept climbing and I got up into to the top 30, into number 28. So and that, it, it really did do a lot for me. So that was the traditional. I hired a radio promoter. Um, he is fantastic. Um, his name is Jesus Garber. He's out of L.A. Jesus used to work for major, your major labels where he was working on projects of, of major R&B artists from your, I mean, I, I'm trying to kind of think of people to give an example. This may not be right, but I, I, just to give you an example, though, of the type of clients, I mean, he was working with your... Um, your uh your old school 80s bands like your you know the oh. whispers and you know these okay. these type yeah, of major yeah. people so he has major experience the other part of it was he had major relationships and so when you're looking at a radio promoter the tra traditional way you need to hire somebody who has a very good reputation who is known to what they call break albums meaning they get the music and they know their ear is so good for how a song will do on radio um you want that type of radio promoter so that they they can contact these 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 program directors and these radio stations and the stations play it based on just hey this is Jesus Jesus never comes you know he always has hits right. he always comes right. to us with hit records and so you know that was so i had to i had to court <laughs> Jesus, meaning, you know, I couldn't just knock on Jesus's door and say, take my song. It was a lot of relationship building, a lot of networking. Me flying, he lives in LA, me flying to LA, me setting up meetings with him just to, for him to get a vibe of who I am. I mean, it was, it, it was like, I'm going to a sorority. Like, I mean, it was like a mm -hmm. pledging process mm -hmm. because I had to really, for him to even listen to my music. We're not even saying work. <laughs> not even uh -huh. saying work for him to even be willing to sit down. Okay. I'll listen to your project and then I'll decide if it's something I can work. I had to build a significant relationship and spend money just to get my butt in LA, you know, to get in his face to do that. So that is the traditional. 
and and, and and actually what I was going to address in terms of the guerrilla way is actually uh, doing the traditional route, but going about it in a different way, uh, which is what okay. you just did. It's exactly what okay. you just did. You, you, uh, you didn't have I was have gorilla this, and I didn't you, even know it. Okay. You're, you're, yes. <laughs> you're, you're, it's guerrilla war tactics. You know, you, you, you figured a way out that you didn't have to spend $70,000 to, uh, yeah. to get your song on a radio. And that's, yeah. uh, that's what you have to do if you're not a, yes. a large corporation with those funds and those budgets, then you have to figure a way out. You network, you, you exactly. reach out to people. In my case, uh, it happened that it, and it sort of happened in, in a, in a weird way. I didn't even intend it. Um, I had <laughs> produced a, a track, uh, a track, this, this radio promoter uh, wanted to get done. Somebody passed it on to me. Um, I produced a track. Uh, mm, they, mm-hmm. the promoter, um, wasn't able to give me the the money. And so, mm-hmm. uh, he offered barter services ah, where he would promote the project. Nice. Very um, nice. So I got 18 radio placements, heart and wow. soul included with, wow. with just a, a barter a situation. So, right. um, that's no, one way you are to do so, it. That's, that's, how, that's, that's, that's really, I mean, as a producer, that's fantastic because yes, what happens is a lot of times you'll have artists, they'll, they'll come to the radio promoter, the promoter will listen to the song and the song will be like, yeah, you know, it's a decent song, but it needs a little bit more radio sound to it. It needs something that registers with what radio is doing right now. So then they will recommend different producers out there that have, that they believe can give that song uh, what the next level that that song needs so mm-hmm. that they can work the song. Um, so that's a definite, uh, you know, if you're on the producer end, you want to you, you get to know radio promoters as well because you want to be known as that producer who can do something to music that will make it accessible to radio. Um, that's, it's absolutely, cause I've had, I've, I've had other music industry people who have maybe kind of reviewed some of my stuff and, you know, they may have said, Oh, take this song, you know, maybe I'll get you connected with such and such producer. Um, so that, you know, we can consider maybe giving the song a little bit more of this or that. I, I had again, a really, really unique divine kind of weird you know, thing that happened where my producer is also a radio promoter. (laughs) Kendall is a radio promoter. He does radio promotion though for gospel music, but gospel pop, you know, whatever the, the system is still the same. And so he knew the system. So he was able to educate me while we were working on my project. So as we were recording, he was able to kind of say, okay, what do you want to do with this this album? Are you trying to just be special and unique and different? You don't care anything about radio because we can go in that direction. Or do you want to have some special, but then maybe some things be able to be radio quality? And so I had decided, you know, I, I really want it mostly to be special, um, but I... I would love to see if I can, you know, get some things on radio, but I don't want to compromise me. Like, I don't want to be now, you know, doing trap music so that I can get on, you know, radio. And so he was very, he's very smart and very pretty much brilliant in kind of understanding, okay, let's keep the integrity of, of Kenya, but let's, let's maybe produce this in a way where instrumentation wise or beat wise or cadence wise um, it has more of a radio sound. And so the song Be Here is completely that. It is a very, the way that he produced it, 
Um, you know, I wrote the song lyrically and melodically and all of that, but the way the music instrumentation is produced, it's very catchy and it's very familiar. And people listen to it all the time and say, God, it sounds like, is that an Isley Brothers? Is that a cover? I'm like, no, it's not. But it's that familiar familiarity that you're used to when you listen to the radio with R&B and soul music. Right, and so right. I was in a really unique situation where my producer could do that for me. Now, the other side of this, though, that is an urban, that's the cost for that. Now, when I did jazz, because I am also the weird bird who also has an element of jazz in my music. So I was able to service my music also on smooth jazz. Um, which is rare for for vocalists. Um, smooth right, jazz right. is definitely more so centered around instrumentalist. Instrumental. Yeah. Um, there's only been maybe two vocalists that have ever hit number one um, in the smooth jazz uh, lane for their charts. So it was going to be, it was definitely a little bit of a risk, I guess you could say, because that vocalists are not. But um, I was now, once I got into radio land, then I was able to learn of the different radio promoters and other genres. And so I was told about a radio promoter who serviced smooth jazz radio stations. I reached out to him based on the merit of the connection that I had and he listened and he said, I absolutely think we can work this on smooth jazz. And so I was like, okay, now his, his, it was a completely different fee structure, completely different fee structure. And, and theirs was not so much based on the number of stations. It was based on the amount of time for the campaign. So my radio campaign for him was like six weeks. So there was a certain fee attached to six weeks. And that six week fee was like less than $2,000. That's similar to I could do that. Yeah. That's almost like a publicist would do. Yeah. So that was magic for me because I'm like, what? For six Mm -hmm. whole weeks, I could, you know, I can do, we can get on whatever, however many stations we can. And the unique thing about smooth jazz is because smooth jazz has now been really, really, really like almost off terrestrial radio. um, A lot of independent, um, digital and internet smooth jazz networks exist now. And they're pretty, they're pretty, um, you're, they're popular. They, they, there's a lot of loyalty with their fans because those right. people who really listen to smooth jazz, they don't just listen to it casually. They, they're, they're huge followers and, you know, they attend festivals and they're really into it. And so, um, they, so you get, so my stuff was serviced. There are some terrestrial stations that, and, and when you said seven, eighteen, like I can't even count the numbers of stations for smooth jazz. Like I, the reports I would get back, I mean, we would have over sixty or some stations. Right. I, I don't even know, but that's how my music really did very well in the smooth jazz charts. Um, whether they were independent charts, um, we did, uh, I think, break top fifty in Billboard at some point on one oh, of my wow. songs, which was still kind of hard. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it's still a lot of work for that. But um, so smooth jazz is a lane that's very friendly to me. And so when I when I think about, you know, my future projects, obviously, I'm thinking about that. And you have to think about that, too, is what what does your music, who does your music really connect to? And you may in your brain think you want it to connect to audience A, but audience B is the one that's really connecting to you. And so you you can't ignore audience B because audience B is what's going to bring you the revenue. Um don't sell your soul. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you just hate what you do to get audience B, then you got to right, right. you know, rethink that. Um, but yeah, so those are, so those are different ways. Now that's all here in the States. It's a whole nother thing when you talk about Overseas. servicing music yeah. abroad. So 
I don't know if we have time for that today. We'll, no, we'll, I think we'll, we should we'll maybe address, do another we'll podcast. We'll have to do address that's another a really, one. Uh, that's yeah, a on special that one. one, and I think it's a really um, it's an important one for independent artists because those um, because Radio Land abroad is a much 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 more forgiving and diverse and right, loyal. Right. Um, audience yeah it is it is and it but i want to give a couple other ideas um Mm -hmm. for for radio promotion there's also uh, what if you're a jazz artist number one um you definitely need uh college radio and you also need all the um non-profit radio stations and those are definitely within your reach you can always uh get to somebody that will will be behind your music will promote your music um, also just check out, uh, it used to be called Django. Um, mm-hmm. what is it called now? It's, it was associated with CD baby, but you can, uh, if you mm-hmm. type in Django, uh, J A N G O, it's a, it's a paid radio format where you can basically pay whatever, $10, uh, a week or something like that. And, or you buy credits and people will, will play your, your record, will listen to your record. They'll spin it. And, and you can actually develop a list. That's actually how I started developing a list on several of my projects. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, people will give you their email address. Um, they'll like your, your music and you'll get a feel for what type of audience that is interested in your music. And it's actually cheap. You know, it's not a whole lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. I would really check them out uh, just to get started. Yeah. And, you know, we'll do another yet. This is why radio always becomes so hard because there's just so many layers to radio. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely I would like us to do a future podcast to talk about um, Internet radio. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it has really they have really changed the game um, big time. And no, you may not necessarily get on Billboard, but if you've got, you know, an Internet craze going on or an underground craze where people have you're on all these different college stations or all these different podcasts and you know music podcasts and your playlist and you know all of this what happens is now you've got this underground following so you can you can you didn't have to spend money on that but you can go now to these different cities where these you know where your music is getting played because people know you i mean that's that's a perfect example of what foreign exchange if you're familiar with the group foreign exchange um all of their music was the underground movement um you know there's very i don't know if i've ever heard a foreign exchange song played on mainstream radio Mm -hmm. and they are clearly a very successful six figure maybe plus (laughs) Mm-hmm. you know, group. So, um, you know, and there's a lot of musicians like that. They're just one, one of many, you know, examples of that. So, um, but they're very popular in the whole internet and digital world of, of underground, you know, music and their genre is even kind of weird. Cause there's like a, they're kind of a mix up of hip hop and soul and funk and Neo and jazz. And I mean, they've got, you know, it's hard. And that's another reason why it's hard to place them on mainstream radio. Cause mainstream mm-hmm. radio is, is very genre specific and if you are kind of all over then a lot of times the program directors not they don't like the song they don't know where to put you in um and so you know so that's another one we can talk about because i think that independent artists more probably often fall in that space and and probably where you're going to get your your movement better 
So that's that's uh, that's all we got time for. Uh, but we that's will definitely. We got time. Uh, I guess yeah. we have uh, two other episodes: uh, internet radio and then uh, <laughs> foreign radio. So um, that's yeah. that's coming up. So definitely stay tuned for those. And uh, yes, that, that was a lot. I got actually I actually learned a couple things listening to how you went about yeah. doing what you did. That was good. Yeah, well, thank you. It's a, it's, it is more than a notion. It is more. And if you again, obviously, reach out to us. Um, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna learn more, and, and even, you know, I talk to a lot of. This is a really heavy topic. Topic that I talk to clients about. So, okay. um, yep. Info cool. at Creating Crimson. Contact me. We got it. All right. Well, I will see you all next time uh, for episode twelve. Next time, you guys be good. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at making money in the music biz, biz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session, with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.